Welcome to the new age. It's your guy Dayton in new age. We trust. How y'all feeling today? It's a new week. Let's get it started. Let's get it. Here at New Age, we identify as anything but trust from babies. In other words, trust from babies we are not. However, we bring you our perspective on all things business, money, and culture. And today's episode is Overlook Stories of the Week, where we bring you an overlooked story that we a story that we think is overlooked, and we analyze it. Let's so, get it. Let's get started. So, I'm sitting in the house over the weekend, a little bit bored and a little bit hungry. And guess what I came across? What's, What's that? that? Y'all twins? That was that was just some you in sync, you feel me? You know? yeah. Great minds think alike. We anxious to know. Bored and hungry. I came across a restaurant called Bored and Hungry. So I looked into it. It was it was kind of trending a little bit. And this it opened up in Long Beach, California, and it accepts crypto. And that was the first thing that rung my, you know, I was like, oh, they accept crypto. You know, everybody don't do that. Welcome to the brotherhood, the crypto brotherhood, right? But it was a unique brotherhood that they're in. And that's the Bored Ape community. So, this restaurant accepts Ethereum and ApeCoin. Okay. They don't do cash payments. They do do debit and credit. But they only accept digital payments. And in crypto, they do Ethereum and ApeCoin. And this is, obviously, the person who opened this up is the person, I mean, is a Bored Ape holder. So, they was giving away 50 free meals if you could verify that you was a board ape owner, um, I feel like they was doing something else that I can't remember. But I looked at the food; looked pretty much like a Shake Shack, similar to a Shake Shack, and it just was intriguing to me that a community just like the board apes reminds reminds me of. It's funny how apes is just this thing. <laughs> AMC apes. It reminds me of ape that nation. Ape nation. It reminds me of that community. I'm surprised we ain't opened up our own movie theater at this point, <laughs> even though that may be competition. So never mind, I take that back. But the Bored Ape community continues to be pretty much one of the strongest communities online. They opened up their own restaurant, and I just thought that was very overlooked. I think that's a big accomplishment for a community that just launched their own crypto coin. It's just, you know... A, a community that continues to lead the race in NFTs and, and digital communities, to be honest, crypto communities at least. You, you know what's interesting and intriguing about this, Dayton and Antonio? This exclusivity that's happening in the business and market. I don't even want to just say business. It it's ultimately translates to business. Mm-hmm. But this exclusivity that's happening amongst community, you yeah. know, really, this is not nothing new. You know where we see a parallel for this at? The Jewish community. Mm. They empower each other. They spend money within themselves. You know what I'm saying? So when we look at the board apes, ape nation with AMC and et cetera, et cetera, as it relates to these exclusive communities, all, all throughout the NFT and Discord you know, families, mm-hmm. this empowerment of community seems like 
something new, but in essence, it's not. Yeah, and and, and honestly, well, I'm gonna put a spin on. I think it is somewhat new, and I think it's a new I, element to it. Yeah, I think what we're starting to see. This may be. I, I may be going out on a limb right mm-hmm. here, but this may be a product of the world going so digital. People are looking for communities. So, but still in a digital way, people are still yearning that community, that kinship. So they're latching on to these communities that not only accepts them, but empowers them. Right. The gaming community, I'm watching a podcast the other day, and the, the person was like, you know, they do like Discord hangouts. Where they drinking and all on video chat, but it's just on Discord. Like, it's the same people that could probably come to each other's house, but they're just doing it over Discord. And it's just the community factor, I think, is, I think we're seeing most businesses pivot or most businesses rise due to community. So it's just funny to me that, you know, we're seeing it. I think I think it's a byproduct. That's what I'm really mm-hmm, trying to right. say. It's a byproduct of kind of communities being lost mm. in the physical, but mm. brought to you in the digital. Okay. Uh, well, you know, Shiba Inu has some type of concept like this as well. So I think it's very good that other cryptocurrencies come along with these type of concepts just to you know bring acknowledgement to this is the future. Mm-hmm. This is the way things are going to be ran, it's, it, and you know, get used to it. So it's like an early adoption to what is to come in the future for real. Yeah, so, you, I you, think I think another thing that was important to highlight about this restaurant is think about it. They're using board ape uh, coin logo, like well, not logo, but like NFT images of mm-hmm. actual apes on their uh, food boxes and cups and stuff like that. So. You can't just use that without infringement. Mm-hmm. But again, the community feeds the community. Board Ape allows them to use the IP. Right. That's only beneficial for Board Ape, and that's only beneficial for the Board Ape members and, and community. So I just think I think what we're seeing cannot be overlooked. But I think it is being overlooked. And, and I just want to add a little bit more to what you just said. That's um, that I don't want to to overlook or I don't want anyone else to overlook about the transition that's happening from a payment aspect. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that they were no longer receiving, I mean, they don't accept cash at all. Right. You talk, you know, some of your points was about us moving into, this is a direct result of uh, everything moving into the digital world, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's interesting that they only accept two specific types of cryptos thus far and or um digital currency through uh debit slash credit cards Mm -hmm. so that that's interesting also like from the business aspect of you giving me five dollars now for this burger but three years from now that five dollars might be twenty five fifty dollars business aspect it's a great move that's a that's an excellent point all right what's the next overlooked story of the week all right, so last week I brought up Elon Musk getting up, getting on Twitter. I mean, buying, you know, come, becoming a part of Twitter and the board right. and all that. Came out today that Elon Musk is no longer part of the board. 
I guess the Twitter board was sick and tired of Elon already over the weekend <laughs> in the last well, the last four days with him with his miscellaneous tweets, quote unquote, of him saying, "Should we remove the I from Twitter? Should we have a three dollar subscription for the blue check? Should we uh, what else he say? Should we uh, turn the Twitter headquarters to a homeless shelter?" Michael Byrd took a shot at Elon Musk saying, uh, "My last tweet." My, my my blue check has been taken away. <laughs> comes from I guess it comes from Elon Musk, and then Elon Musk return comes back and say, "Hey, you know that's what you get, but you'll get it back. That's what you get for short and Tesla." Yeah, I've seen that. that you'll get funny. it back. So I didn't know that was directed to Michael Byrd. Yeah, funny. it was going back and forth. Mm-hmm. No sparring mm-hmm. session. But uh, come out today, Twitter CEO says Elon Musk is no longer on the board. There's you know they don't like the way Elon represents represents already the way Twitter board members. Handle Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, Elon Musk is off the board. My overlooked part of this story is... Well, was, he never was on the board. Well, he was a, he was appointed. He was approved to be on, on the board following a background check. Right. But, now it's like, no longer. That's no longer. Get out of here. But, my overlooked point of this story is, now that Elon is not on the board, he now... Because when you're on the board, you can only... You're only capped at only 9% of the company. Now he has, now he has a chance to have a bigger stake in the company, and now he might want to buy out the company that's, that's that's on the table for him now. So at first, been on the board, he couldn't do much but just buy his nine percent of Twitter and just keep it moving. But now that he's not on the board, he can up his stake and you know buy more if he wants. So yeah, I I I'm a kind of push back on Elon. I, I rarely do. I rarely doubt his his methods and his moves. But to me, I don't understand why not take a board seat if the reason why you bought, supposedly bought uh, the shares to become the biggest shareholder in the company was to help fight censorship and the abuse of the First Amendment. Which is freedom of uh, freedom of speech. So, I don't understand why not go on the board if that's what you're actually trying to fight. Because just because you're a nine percent shareholder doesn't mean you're going to have say in the company. But if you're actually on the board, you can actually have say. So, if that's the case, just don't buy Twitter. Don't buy the shares. So I think what he's doing is kind of counterproductive. Well, this is what in the old school they call selling your book. This is what I like in this too, selling your book. You know, Elon Musk is famous for moving the needle. You know, and we all know that I've referenced him as, you know, Iron Man of the Twitterverse. You you know what I'm saying? So whatever this trend that we see of Elon moving the needle is he always comes out and making a... disruptive or this abrupt announcement towards something that he invests in or has invested uh, a vested stake in um you see you seen him do it with dogecoin you seen him do it with bitcoin now you seen him do it with uh twitter so i think that he's strategic when he does this you know if i got my and i don't see nothing wrong with it to be honest because if i had my money invested into something and i knew when i opened my mouth it uh, dictates whether the stock will go up and down. I'll do the same thing. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's fair. Just don't, just don't pose like you trying to fight censorship. Yeah, and then I ain't got nothing to do with that aspect of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, that's what I'm saying. This like, again, go ahead. I'm, you know, I'm Elon. I'm one of Elon's guys. I back Elon. I feel like what he did was a flex, but that's just what it was to me. It was a flex. It was an empty flex. I don't see it. I don't see it causing real change and i'm not sure if he's really trying to actively right pursue real change right because you're not pursuing a board spot that's just my take on it and but and again that's why you know my perspective is what it is you know because if you have if you have vested interest in change from yeah. that perspective then you really go for forward with some type of initiative to push for change in that sense of a social um social media slash uh censorship way but when you got vested interest from a dollar standpoint you do what elon does you come out and make statements after you make investments into various securities or uh cryptos and the like so what you're saying is you just calling elon musk a capitalist yeah he's a cap he's a he's a great capitalist <laughs> all right you got anything to add to that uh, what I was going to say is um, he got a nice return on his investment. Right. <laughs> a nice return on his investment. He bought Twitter. It was around the $38 range. Right now, Twitter's sitting at the $47 range. You know, he bought, what? I forgot what three, put, He put $3 billion into Twitter. Mm-hmm. He probably made a couple million off of that so far. So, not bad. Hey, take my boy's Couple. Uh, he didn't definitely made more than a right. couple million. Couple. <laughs> you feel it's Elon we talking about. His okay. money, our money, two different things. <laughs> okay. He made he had a good return on his investment so far. He wants to take made my lunch seat. money, huh? Cool. I mean, he might flip that money. He, again, I think he's gonna buy more. This is my take on it. Yeah. I think he's gonna buy more and still voice his opinion more. And hey, if you don't like it, I'll buy you out. Period. That's my can he on. can he buy more than ten percent shares? I thought it was a rule. Right, that's what I was saying. If you're on the board, mm-hmm. you can't own more than nine. He's not on the board at this okay. point. Oh, see, goes more to my point. Capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Elon. Now we're coming to the best overlooked story of the week, and it's hot off the press. This is a coming to us from locally from Baltimore. However, it transcends into the national markets. And okay. So we all know that Mayor Brandon Scott did his State of the Union address, addressing Baltimore City. One of his biggest topics that caught headwind was the application for guaranteed income pilot program, which starts next month, May the 2nd. Uh-oh. <laughs> so this initiative he uh mayor scott brought up in february of this year you know um he talked about him and a few mayors across the country you know are joining forces to start this guaranteed income for you know the lower income families and things like that um the pilot program you know going into effect it's already started i'm sorry in some uh, cities across the country um and it's been going for about 18 months you know, just to see how it goes from there. Um, the interesting thing about this. Oh, so um, Mayor Scott says that, you know, they're partnering with uh, a nonprofit called Cash, the cash program. So anybody who wants to sign up, they need to go through the cash program. 
um, for their application, to fill out the application in it to be received. The interesting part about this, why it's overlooked for me, is number one, is not too many people talking about, you know, um, a guaranteed income. But number two, Mayor Scott states that we all know that Baltimore is the birth birthing place for redlining. So I thought that that was rather interesting. He said so, and and it's still we're still seeing. I'm sorry, quote unquote, his words. We're still seeing the effects of it today. So this income um, guarantee income program is expected to uh, provide or oh, change the trajectory of these low income families. You know, starting with single parent moms and things uh, like that, and low income families is expected to change the trajectory of those households. And we should see uh, more saving come from it and um, better uh, quality of life coming from it. My take on this is we I thought something was already in place with the government called food stamps and um, not just food stamps, you know, also uh, income through the uh, SNAP program. Um, either you, uh, some families get uh, the SNAP food program and as well as get some type of income um, through that same program. What do you guys think about this guaranteed income program and it make a making a difference in low income families moving forward? I mean, this is a local story and, and I agree with you. This is going this is a way bigger story. Than just a local political move. I, I think this is where the world is going. Yeah, and Andrew I, Yang ran on on this called UB, uh, UBI Universal Basic Income. He ran on this what in 2020, 2020 right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He ran on he ran on it on twenty twenty, and I just think this is where the world is going. Andrew Yang is a big endorser of this. Um, Martin Luther King, I think, has been an endorser of this in the mm-hmm. past. I think with auto automation taking jobs out, I think with the mental health crisis that we're going to continue to see the spike, and just tech technology, technology continuing to advance and the wealth gap continuing to advance, I think it's just it's going to eventually happen. I don't know how long it's going to happen. But I I don't see this, I don't see this not happening in some form. I think we're already seeing it, like you said, in certain forms. I think they're just rolling it out and testing it in local areas. But this is going to be a common thing in 10, 15, 20 years. It don't matter how long it takes. I don't see, and I don't see society surviving off of just, Per capitalism at this point, because what this is is not capitalism; it's some type of socialism. So, I just, in my opinion, I think this is just going to be the biggest. I think this is this is going to be rolled out across across the country. But you you know, like I said before, the interesting thing is we already see 
the pilot program of this through the SNAP program. I don't understand the difference, you know, outside of the food. The only difference well, is that's the big yeah, difference. The, the only difference with with the SNAP program, you get food and money. <laughs> you know, some families get food and money. This program, you're you know, you're receiving Well, some families just get food though. Right, I agree. That's why I said that's why I said some families get food and money. Or money. That's no, food and money. Some okay. families get food and money. Or, or some families just get food. Okay, yeah, or some you. families just get food. So it's really the same thing. This politicalness, you know, it irritates me some because it's like I see the need for it in the sense of inflation rising, spiking to the heights that is rising, all-time highs in the history, mm-hmm. you know, of our economy. Um, but like I said, these play on words and the way they present I mean, well, things. Those are two different programs, though. You know, certain programs get funded in this aspect. This is obviously something local. This the SNAP program is that federal? Well, even what I'm telling you is this is already happening around the country. Right. I, That's what the article talked about him partnering with other mayors. Some right. families are res- already receiving five hundred to a thousand dollars a month already with that specific with program. this program right. yeah so th- that's all i'm saying like some things may come through a snap program which is centered or based around food this one is more so centered around like some type of stim- stimulus type of yeah. check universal basic income type of check so i just think it's i do think it's two different things and two ne- different programs let me in say. theory it's the same though and from this perspective, this is why I say it's the same. Who benefits from the SNAP program? Can your average working per, you know, making of $80,000 income or whatever, so have, receive SNAP nope. benefits? Nope. Low income families <laughs> benefit from this program. You know, yeah, I just so, think so that all I did in two different ways. They, they definitely yeah. are. I'm just saying that the parallel that's mm-hmm. there, it's like they're doing this great thing that that's, appears to be different. When in theory and and um, conceptually it's the same, and I don't see how it makes a difference if the SNAP program, where families receive food and money, um, hasn't created you know bigger opportunity for them to save and change the trajectory of their life. I don't see where this one, with the cost of inflation being what it is, allows them to save any more or change the trajectory either. Yeah, that's my only thing. Like. I'm with both of you what y'all saying, but my thing is like with the height of inflation going on, like how much money are you really giving these families? And can it really be a difference maker to the point where I can pay my bills, I can do this, that, and the third, and now I can save something? Like, right. The way it's being presented. Yeah, like the way inflation's moving, like you might have to use that money towards that money with this money to get some food. <laughs> so like in, in essence, it all depends on the the the, the amount. That right. each family gets, and is that amount that they're getting really a substantial amount to help them, you know, progress and save and take care of certain things? That's that's, that's my take. I do like what Dayton pointed out about the UBI because again, that's overlooked. That's been talked about through several pol- politicians. So um, with <laughs> you know gas prices and food and everything else, you know, skyrocketing, you know, I think that you kind of have no choice. But to give some type of relief, quote unquote, to the citizens, um, 
you know, I don't know if this, you know, let's just say tax, but let's just say voters and constituents, mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't I don't fully know who all benefits from this. Um, Mayor Scott referenced an article as well references low income families, beginning with single parent moms um, and things like that. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm interested to see how far this goes um, as far as uh, uh, making a difference, as you calling it a uh, guaranteed income with the rhetoric of it changing the trajectory of these families. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I do think, again, that this is just the beginning of it. On that note, give us a five star if you like this podcast. If you didn't like it, it's okay. Just give us a four star. That's all you got to do. We'll take that as well. In the meantime, like, comment, and like, comment, and subscribe, and follow us on New Age on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. New Age Trust. That being said, in new age, we trust.